0: All right, well, good morning, everyone. We want to invite you to stand and sing. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, and we're excited to worship him, focus on him, give him all the praise this morning. So stand with us. We invite you to sing together as a church family.
1: rich in love. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. No
0: seated. Again, we just want to welcome you to Chapel Grace. My name is Pastor Jared, and I'm going to be giving the the scoop this morning, giving you guys the announcements. We uh, would love to connect with you. If those of you that are new here, you're here for the first time, welcome. We're glad you guys chose to come and be with us for for a time here. And we have up in front of your pews, we have connection cards. That's just our way of following up with you that's our way, too. If you're wanting to get involved in the church, let us know maybe what you're interested in so that we can follow up and we can make sure you guys feel a part of our faith family here at the church. We also have ways to give. We're, we're a high tech now. We've got a church app where you can give out of. We're also old school still where you can drop it in the tithe box in the back. You can text to give on the number above. And, again, just to support the ministry of Chapel Grace, our desires to love and lead all people to find and follow Jesus that's in this church, that's in our community, and that's beyond because we know that every life we touch touches another life. So every life matters. We also have coming up the food giveaway. One of the ways we, we reach out and uh, touch the community is we give away food the third Wednesday of every month, and we have a, a leadership team that comes uh, and we give out food, but we love on the people as we do, and our hope is that they are fed both spiritually and physically as we meet their physical needs, that they know, hey, Chapel Grace, they know that God is looking out for them. And then we have our baccalaureate coming up on May 25th. This is on the public school campus. The Fellowship of Christian Athlete students are hosting that, and all of the graduates are invited to come, and this year we have... Travis Avila he is a an alumni of CHS he also grew up in this church his family did and he is now a writer and an author and he's going to come and he's going to give our give our seniors a message and the hope is that the students are blessed we get to pray over them because I don't know you guys can flash back to your graduation and remember all the feelings there and the even if you have plans, it's like, I don't know if it's all going to work out. So it's so important for them to be grounded in Christ as they step out. And then lastly, or one of the last things is, we're still trying to get our, our middle schoolers and our high schoolers to Rock and Water Venture Camp. And one of the ways we're doing that, if you see that abide sign up in the back there, we're going to be placing an order for those on May 20th. They are made by West Hills Machine Shop. And... It's a reminder that we need to be connected. We need to be abiding and staying in Christ. He's where life flows from. And that's a prayer for our students too. So you can, it's coming up. So it's the 15th. You really only have this Sunday if you wanted to do it on a Sunday or the other couple of days. And I told any students that showed up, um, you can go to my mom, you can go, uh, Amanda is selling. And anything that Amanda sells above her own cost it's going to other kids, so find someone to be able to give to. They're $20, and $10 of that 20 goes to directly to the students, and then lastly, want to be praying about, you know, what's your place here at Chapel Grace? Maybe you feel led to get involved in pouring into the next generation. Middle school youth group has openings. I know that the nursery has openings Those are just two I could think of off the top of my head. We could use people that just love to welcome. You're just a welcoming person. Any way that you feel like your giftings and your passions, just what comes natural to you, we'd love to get you to find your place here and serve the Lord as you serve his people and serve the next generation. So let's let's go ahead and let's uh, pray, and then we're going to continue in a time of worship. Father, we come to you, and I am so thankful that you know all things, that you know all people, you know everything that's going on in each one of our lives, and we come here today, we come here to meet with you, we come to commune, we come to be with you, to hear your words, to be led by your your truth, and so Lord, we just give you this time, we pray that you get the honor and the glory through it all. We come as we are, weak in everything, knowing that it's, it's through our weakness that your power is made perfect. So God, may your power come, may your spirit come. We give you this time in Jesus' name, amen.
1: One thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late, it's working all things out. Working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley your name yes I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days yes I will
0: I count on one thing
1: I count on one thing the same God fails, will not fail me now, you won't fail me now, in the waiting, the same God who's never laid is never late. working all things out, working all things out, yes, I will lift you high in the light. When my heart is heavy All my days Yes, I All my days All my days Yes, I will I choose to praise To glorify, glorify The name of all names Nothing can save By the name of all names, nothing can stand against. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. valley, Yes, I will bless your name Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy All my days,
0: yes,
1: I, all my days, all my days, yes, I, all my days Is our hope in life and death Christ alone Christ alone what is our only confidence that our souls to him belong who holds our days within his hands what comes apart from his command and what will keep us to the end, the love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess, Christ our hope in life. troubled soul god is good god is good where is his grace and goodness known in our grave redeemer's life who holds our faith when fears arise who stands above the stormy trial but sends us waves that bring us nigh unto the shore, the rock of Christ. Oh, sing, oh, sing, hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing, hallelujah, now and ever we confess
0: Christ our hope
1: in life and The grave unto the grave, what shall we sing? Christ, He lives, Christ, He lives, and what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with Him. There we will rise to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed, and we will feast. In endless joy, when Christ is ours forevermore, oh sing, oh sing, hallelujah, our hope springs eternal, oh sing, hallelujah, now and ever we confess, Christ our hope in life and death we confess Christ our hope in life and death
0: Our songs this morning are focusing on the hope that we have in Christ that no matter what the circumstances that we have hope that goes beyond them and God is still deserving of our praise in the midst. So Father we just pray that you get the honor and the glory this morning and I pray for those of us that have, circumstances that are heavy that keep us from being able to have hope remind us of the hope that we have in you
1: when my heart is torn asunder and my world just falls apart Lord you put together. Yes, my body might be dying, but I'll always be.
0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm a little nervous. Always am, because it's important, and I really want you to hear not my words, but I want you to hear God's words loud and clear. My name is Pastor Jared. For those of you guys that don't know, I'm the associate pastor. Pastor Bruce is going through some knee surgery right now. I think he's coming on week three, and, and it's, it's just a road to recovery. He plans on being back next, next, uh, next Sunday. And I got to spend some time with him last Wednesday, and he's doing really good. And, but I know he's in a lot of pain, too. So if you guys could continue to pray for that quick recovery. He's, I know when he's away, his heart is always like right here. And so if you could be praying for him. And lots going on. Lots of heavy things. I feel like uh, sorrow and death kind of comes in waves in, in Kalinga and in our lives. Where it's like boom, boom, boom. One after another. We're, we're, we know people who we, work, who we work with or used to work with that are experiencing deep loss right now. And, and uh, I, th- I believe that God... Wants to speak into those moments. And so I'm excited to be able to take you to a passage this morning that I believe you're going to all find extremely encouraging and uplifting. So before we do, let me go ahead and pray, and then we'll open up our Bibles and get there. Father, we uh, submit and just give over, lay this time at your feet. God, you know me more than anyone else knows me in this room. And you know the struggle. You know the weakness. You know the the nervousness and all of that. And yet you, you want to use us. Lord, you want to give us your strength. You want to use us in spite of our weakness, in spite of our struggle. You are greater. And so we pray, Lord, that your word would be clearly heard and preached this morning in power. We pray for a powerful moment this morning at church where we hear and and receive your word and what you have to say to us. And we pray against, Lord, distraction or anything that's drawing us away from you. Laser us in and help us hear from you. To you be the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, so if you would open your Bibles with me to, it's going to be John chapter 11, It's where we're going to be this morning. And before we jump into John chapter 11, I want you to get a sense of what the whole book of John is about in a short period of time. And so, any of you guys ever given a book report? and not had enough time to read the whole book, so you look for the spark notes, or you skimmed it, okay, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, you watched a movie on it, we're going to be looking at the beginning of the book of John, and then we're going to be looking at uh, a couple verses in the end of the book of John, and I think just by doing that, without even having to read the book of John, you're going to have a good idea at what John's purpose is. For writing the book is, and that's going to help us as we go to John chapter eleven. Okay, so we're going to start off, and the, these verses are going to be on the screen. Start off with John one one to three. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing. Was not anything made that was made. So right at the very beginning we're introduced to the word. We hear that from the beginning the word was with God, the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. We're talking about a person here. And this person made everything that we see. John's bringing us telling us about the word who is who is with God, was God and made all things. And then we're going to go to John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now we hear that this word has come from, from God to dwell among the people that he made. And then we're going to go to 1.18. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So we have the Word who made all things, who's now come to dwell with those he's created, and we have not seen God, but the Word will, has made him known. So as we look at the life of Jesus, we can know God. As we look at his life, as we look at his words, as we follow his example, we can know God. And that's exciting. How many of us want to know God more, right? So we're going to look at the word, who is Jesus, to understand and know the Father better. Let's now, that was the beginning of the book, let's flip over. We're flipping over to the back, which is John twenty, thirty, thirty-one. 31. Not every book of the Bible has a, this is the purpose of why I've written the book, but John does. So we are in luck today. Like we are, this is, John has made it really easy for us to understand what the purpose of the book is about. So it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the book of John Is about the Word who was with God in the beginning who made all things, who came to dwell among us. And John has written down all of these signs and miracles and works of Jesus in this book so that by reading it, we might believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he's the Son of God, and that by believing in Jesus, we may find life in his name. And we know that that life is eternal life. It's abundant life. It's life with him. We're going to look at one of the signs today that's been written in the book of John. And so that's where we go to the book, to the chapter of 11, where Jesus is going to raise a man named Lazarus. So let's go ahead and go there. So before we're going to read through the whole passage this morning. We're gonna read 27 verses this morning. We're gonna get the whole thing. Actually, not the whole thing, which is surprising, but I'll explain. Before we do, though, we're gonna look what's happening around this passage because that kind of helps you know what's, what's going on. What, what are the circumstances as he's writing this? What, what is the context? And so to do that, we're gonna to go to John 10, 31, which is just the chapter before. John 10:31 says, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And then John 10, 39, again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. So we see right around here, Jesus has almost been stoned. It's actually for the second time he's almost been stoned. They're trying to arrest him, and he's escaped. This is what's happening right now. And we know that that's actually not too far from the passage that we've we're going to be in, because in, in John 11:8, which is from our passage, it says, "The disciples said to him, "Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again?" So just now, they've been seeking to stone him." And you're going to see, if you flipped over to John chapter 12, immediately following, starting in 12:12, 12, 12, we have the triumphal entry where Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the donkey as crowds of people wave palm branches and shout, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is where we're at right here. Jesus has been threatened to be stoned, tried to be arrested, he escapes, and he's just about to enter into Jerusalem. But before that, we have our passage here this morning, so that's what we're going to read. So let's go ahead and, and read it together. I'll have it on the screen. And it begins like this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Jerusalem again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to destroy you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and it's for your sake. I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him, So Thomas, called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. If you notice in this passage, good job, we made it through. 20, 27 verses. If you've noticed, a large portion of this passage is conversational. There's a back and forth going on. We first have Martha and Mary sending word to Jesus, then we have Jesus talking to his disciples about their friend, and then lastly we have Martha going out to meet Jesus. And this is intentional. There's a very relational feel, an intimate and personal feel going on in this passage and we're supposed to feel that. We get a quick sense that the relationship that Jesus has with Lazarus, Martha and Mary is a special one. So if you look at uh, verse 2, it says that John makes sure that we know that this Mary that he's speaking of, the sister of Lazarus, is the one that anointed the Lord with oil and wiped his feet with her hair. That doesn't happen until chapter 12. Interesting that he pulls it back from something that happens before this that we would know. We'd have a reference point. Who is Mary? Oh, Mary's the one that was kneeling at Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with this ointment. We've got that picture now in our head this, of that moment. And I want you to hear some of the endearing language that's used as well. So in verse 3, it says, The sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Verse 5 begins by saying, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And in verse 11, Jesus says, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. These were like friends as close as family. I think Jesus would love to just call them. Lazarus is like a brother to me. Mary and Martha, they're like my sisters. This is a close family relationship that we have going on. My sermon this morning is titled, Why Did He Have to Die? Why did he have to die? So we're going to reread John one to four to find out our first point for this morning. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped her feet with her hair, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, "Lord, he whom you love is ill." But when Jesus heard it,. He said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So he had to die for the glory of God. Lazarus had to die. And the point is, from death comes glory. From Lazarus' death comes God's glory. Glory means praise. It means honor, renown, it's God's fame. It's God's splendor. It's God's infinite worth on display. That's glory, and Jesus says Lazarus had to die, that God would be glorified, so that the Son of God would be glorified through it. Jesus turns our focus onto glory, onto God's glory. Our focus is being turned there. John eleven five to six says now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister. And Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Don't you think that it would read like this? Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he left immediately to go and heal him. I mean, someone who loves someone is there for them when they need it the most. And it's interesting that it says that Jesus loved them, so he stayed. He loved them, so he stayed two days longer where he was, knowing what would happen as he waited. You guys intrigued? Let's keep going. Okay, so, seven and eight. Now after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? The short answer is yes, I'm going there. But he gives a longer answer. But you should start kind of to feel, you know, we talked about the stoning, we talked about the arrest, we talked about his triumphal entry. We know uh, what's going what's to happen. You should start feeling... Uh, an intertwining happening with the, this conversation with Lazarus, Lazarus' death and illness and the escalation and approach of Jesus' own death. They're starting to intertwine right here. We've got these things that are almost happening at the same time. So eleven nine 9 to 13 says, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day Have you heard that before? The light of the world? Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Jesus is saying, walk in the day. He's saying, follow me. See me. I'm saying, we're going to Judea? I'm going to Judea. I'm going to follow my father. Are you going to follow me? Why did he have to die? Why did Lazarus have to die? So we're going to read 14 and 15 to find our second point. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. He had to die for your sake so that you would believe the point is from glory comes belief from God's glory from the glory of the son comes belief in the son Jesus was glad that he wasn't there another weird statement for someone who's saying that he loved them I'm glad I wasn't there I'm glad I wasn't there so that you would believe. He's talking to his disciples, but I know he's also referring to Mary and Martha. He's referring to everyone that would come and console them during this time of sorrow. He wants everyone that's present to see his glory and to come to believe. Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come immediately. The disciples wanted Jesus to keep his distance from the Jews in Jerusalem. They wanted him, Mary and Martha wanted him right there. The disciples were like, hey, let's, let's stay here because you know who's that in Jerusalem. They tried to kill you. The, what they wanted is not what God was going to give them. God didn't give them what they wanted. He gave them what they needed. What they needed, what we need, is to see God's glory. We need to see God's glory. They needed to see Lazarus raised. They needed to see Jesus' power over death. Jesus doesn't what? Jesus does what is best for the ones he loves, and it costs him everything. Jesus does what's best for you. He doesn't always give you what you want, but he's going to give you what you need. We need to see God's glory. Because in seeing God's glory, we believe and we have faith. Thomas knew, you've seen that last verse? So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas knew, hey, uh, if we're going to go here, he's going to die. Let's go to die with him. I'm not going to get into Thomas. So let's read John 11, 17 to 26. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off. So it's close. probably see it. You could see Jerusalem from Bethany. So if someone was going to come, you'd be able to see them coming your way to arrest you. Why did he have to die? For God's glory, so that you may believe and have life. It's all points together. From death comes glory, from glory comes belief, and from belief comes life. From God's glory we believe, from our belief in God, in the Son of God, we have life. Jesus' own death and resurrection, I don't know if you feel this, we're talking about death, we're talking about resurrection, you cannot help but think about Jesus here. You cannot help but think about the fact that every time he's stepping closer to Bethany, closer to Lazarus's family, closer to giving Lazarus life, we know that at the same time, he's stepping closer and closer to his own death. That he was going to die. Jesus' own death and resurrection bleeds from every verse of this passage. God's Son, who was with God in the beginning, who was God who created all things, came from heaven to earth to dwell with the people that he made to make the Father known. That alone should amaze you. That alone should just amaze us, the fact that the creator of all things would come down to earth to dwell among us, that we might be able to know the God of the universe, the God of all things, but there's still more glory. It was God's plan from the beginning that his son would be lifted up on a cross. And the Romans lifted criminals up on a cross, why? Why? To mock them. To, to ridicule them. To make a scene a the spectacle of, of them. As a warning even. That people would fear ever coming against the government. They were raised to, to be mocked. And to ridicule. But God lifted up his son on a cross. To be exalted. And to be glorified. Isn't that interesting? Just that in the book of John it says that he would be lifted up so that we would know what type of death that he would have to die. So he would be lifted up, so we would know he's going to be lifted up on a cross. But interesting that lifted up means to exalt. And you know, he's going to be lifted up so that all would look to him. Both are happening. He's being exalted, but he's also at being, like, the lowest of low. He's dying between criminals. It's happening at the same time Jesus is humbling, humbling himself even to death on a cross, but yet at the same time he's receiving the, the glory that he had with his father from the very beginning of time. He's receiving all of the glory as he lays down his life so that we would see that glory and that we would believe and we would have life in his name. Every time Jesus steps closer to giving Lazarus life he steps closer to his own death every step Jesus took to give you life was a step closer to his own death See he had you on his mind as he had your life on his mind your salvation his relationship with you every step he took to get there was a step towards his own suffering and death This is the Son's perfect obedience to the Father's perfect will. And there's still more glory. There's still more glory to hear this morning. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is not just something that will come at the last day, but it will. The resurrection will come at the last day. There's another verse in John that says that we will either be resurrected to life or we will be resurrected to judgment. So we're all going to experience a resurrection, but one is to life or one is to judgment. Who do we have? Who do we believe in? who is ours because if Jesus is not yours it'll be a resurrection of judgment but if he's yours if you place placed your faith and your trust in him then it's a resurrection of life the resurrection is not just something that we look forward to in the last day I am the resurrection says Jesus eternal life is not something we enjoy after we die I am the life Jesus says. Notice the illness that Lazarus had at the very beginning. It said, this illness will not lead to death. And he died. It was that his death would not be final. The the true end would not be death. It would be life. It would be belief. But there is a death. There is an illness that leads to death. And when Jesus is talking, you guys know, he's talking physical, but he's also talking spiritual at the same time. There's, there's physical realities to what he has to say, and then there's spiritual realities to what he has to say. There's an illness, a spiritual illness, that leads to spiritual death. At the very beginning, when Adam sinned, death entered into the world. It was sin that, that brought death. And from that, every one of us that is born after that inherits that illness, that sickness. We are all sinners. We, we reveal that very early on. Our kids reveal that very very early. I, I revealed that very early on as a child too. I'll put myself under the bus too. There's an illness that leads to death. The illness is sin. But here's the most glorious truth of all. Lord, may we hear this. Lord, may we... Glorify you. Lord, may we receive this truth, this reality. These aren't just words on a page. This is, this is you. This is the word become flesh, dwelling among us, speaking into our lives through the living and active word of God. Jesus, is pro- Jesus promises to everyone who lives and believes in him that they shall never die that death will not be the final end to those who believe and live in Jesus. Their ultimate end will be glory. Amen? Amen. Death will not be a final end to those who believe and live in Jesus. Their ultimate end, our ultimate end, through our faith and our living for Jesus is to be glorified with Him in heaven. The Greek reads where it says, shall never die. The Greek reads, shall never not die. Just kind of, we know double negatives right, but in the Greek, it was on purpose. It was an emphasis. To say, never not die is like to say, shall never, ever, ever die. It was like putting an exclamation point on on that truth. They shall never, ever die. Do you see his great love for you? His willingness to die? That his life is greater than death? His life is greater than sin? And what's the question he asks Martha? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We haven't even got to him actually raising Lazarus. He's testifying of who he is and what he came to do and what he will do. And she asked him, do you believe my words? Do you believe who I say that I am? You've seen the works I've already done. Do you believe them? I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes and lives in me will never die. Do you believe this? And we know that not only did Jesus testify this with His words, but He bears witness to it with His works, with with His power. Jesus Himself died on the cross according to the Scriptures, according to what's already been written. The Old Testament, when they say the Scriptures, it was the law, it was the prophets, it was the Psalms, the Scriptures. The Old Testament testifies and speaks that the Messiah Himself would come Jesus himself died on the cross according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. We're going to look at one of these Old Testament scriptures to just hear of how it's been spoken of of Jesus. Is Psalm 1610. Therefore my heart... This is David. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices my flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to sheol or let your holy one see corruption david is rejoicing he's his body is dwelling in sec- security excuse me he knows that he's his soul is not going to be abandoned to hell or that because he's not going to let his holy one see corruption and guess who his holy one is his holy one is the one who would come. His holy one is the Messiah. The one that would come, the king of kings, he would not see decay. His body would not see decay. He would not see corruption. And that is where David's hope is. That is where he rejoices in. And then we're going to read 1 John 5, 12. Another book, but written by the same author. John says... Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Pretty pretty simple. You either have Jesus or you don't. You either believe, you've either seen His glory and believe and have that life in Him or you don't. It's about having Jesus. I love that. It's about having Jesus. This is eternal life that you might know the one, the, the, the God, you might know God and the one in whom he sent. Eternal life is knowing God. Eternal life isn't just a time when we die. The resurrection isn't just happening in the last day. Eternal life is, is life with Jesus right now and forever. It's abundant life with him right now and forever. So for those who do believe, I just got a couple of closing, closing thoughts. I want you to remember that what people need most is God's glory, not yours. People need God's glory. They need Him to be exalted. They need Him to be made great, not you. And so many times, we're trying to exalt ourselves and glorify ourselves. Every time I come up here... Uh, there's, I think there's a little bit of, of the battle is thinking I have to be great. And that just makes me afraid <laughs> and, and afraid of failure and things like that. But when you, when you realize that you have to call on the Lord, I think I ask my children to pray for me, I ask my wife to pray for me, I ask many people to pray for me because I, I have, I'm crumbling here in anxiety and fear and I don't know what to say and I don't know how it's going to come together Uh, but what that does is that strips you of any type of pride or glory and puts you in a place where it's like Lord if if you're going to make this happen it's going to be your glory you're going to be glorified and I know that when that happens people will believe in you and that's when people have a chance to have the life that you promise so here are the, the points We need to be praying for God's glory in our life. In every circumstance. Some of you are going through some difficult circumstances. And you need to be praying that God would be glorified. That God would turn your focus from the circumstance to to Him. To who He is. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the Lord of peace. I am we're just, talking, we're just hitting one I am statement in the book of John. I am the living water. I'm the bread of life. I am the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is telling you, it's, it's, it's in me that you're going to get through this circumstance, and this circumstance will turn to, to glory. John the Baptist puts it this way, he must increase, I must decrease. He must be made more. I must be made less. Serve in sacrifice for the faith of others that they may believe. Thinking of that picture of every step Jesus took towards, uh, towards giving life, at the same time he was laying down his life. It should not be a surprise that that's what it's going to look like for us. That if we're going to to be there and serve others, in the process, guess what you're going to be doing with yourself? You're going to be laying aside yourself, your wants, your comfort. The disciples wanted comfort. Jesus said, no, God has work for me to do. So you have to push aside comfort sometimes so that you could do what God's called you to do, that people might believe in him. Because when God is glorified, people believe, and when people believe, they have life in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word. Jesus, you say that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. From your mouth comes life, and we believe that your words have been written in this book. If we aren't reading this book, we're being deprived of life-giving words. We have to get in this book because life depends on it. Not just life for us, but life for our spouses, life for our families, life for our children, life for those around us, that they might see your glory and believe. We're too caught up, Lord, too often crippled in fear because we're trying to look good. We're trying to grab some glory. And I pray, Lord, that, you, that your glory would be what we seek first and foremost, and that we would see it. Give us moments, Lord, where we watch you be glorified, where at the last moment we, we don't know what to do and we watch you come through. That's a moment of glory where we know without a shadow of doubt that was God, and those are moments we need to be testifying about to those around us. Don't let us absorb the glory and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty good. Thank you. Help us not take that from you, Lord, but give it to you. I pray that if there's anyone in here that heard, that heard the love and the passion, the compassion that, that Jesus had for, this, for Lazarus and for his family, and the extent, putting himself in harm's way, putting himself in death's way, that Lazarus might be raised from the dead, that they know that you desire to give them new life too. That just as you said, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus came out, that you're calling them out by name. Come out of the grave. Come out of death. Come out of sin. Come out of the life that you think is the abundant life. It's not. It's deceptive, and it's empty, and it leads to death. Come out of that, and come to me, that you might believe and have abundant life. You might have eternal life right now. Right now. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're gonna, we got one song that we'd like to sing. And it's titled, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. A reminder that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
1: Is wholly bound to His Oh how strange and divine I can sing All is mine Yet not I But through Christ in me The night is dark by my side the savior he will stay i labor on in weakness and rejoicing for in my need his power is displayed to this i hold my shepherd will defend me Sure, sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus went and suffered for my pardon, and He was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus is now.
0: a great Sunday for his glory. Have a great week.